I'm Megan Hale, and you're listening to The Enoughness Revolution, a feel-good podcast on creating joy in life, work, and love. Join me every Monday and Thursday for practical tools that speak to the soul to create a life you love. Transformational Thursday, sisters, and I was up, you know, last night was one of those nights where Brack slept really, really great, and I was like tossing and turning all night. My mind was like going, 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 and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and I think on, on, on an energetic level, there was just a lot of stuff pushing through, and I was thinking like, what do I want to talk about on the podcast this week? And there's something that I've been just kind of witnessing in my life. And there's been this really big pregnant pause for me. And, you know, in the past, this pause would have caused a lot of concern and a lot of worry. And I would have been up in arms about it, freaking out, um, (laughs) because (laughs) creativity and clarity were just streaming in. And I would feel lost. I would think that something was wrong. I would start questioning myself. I would get into this self-doubt. And I would, I would really create like a mountain out of a molehill because momentum wasn't looking the way I thought that it should look, right? And so I've been thinking about this and like my experience of it this time around. And I'm just noticing some big shifts that have happened. And I'm like, you know, what's, what's really created this this change for me where I can really surrender into the process and not only that, but actually find pleasure in it. And so as I was reflecting on this, you know, two years ago, it's it's actually almost exactly two years ago in March of 2015, um, I took this really big giant step back um, from pursuing anything new. And it was about a four month uh, hiatus, if you will, where I really stopped living my life at 90 miles per hour, always in pursuit of the next thing and what's coming next and what's the next door and what's the next step and yada, 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 yada. And I started to get really grounded into the present moment. And I remember when I first started doing this, so much fear came up. It was the most uncomfortable thing that I've ever done because I was so used to defining my sense of worth on what the next goal was, what the next dream was, and what I was doing to get there. So when I was exploring this new way of being where I wasn't defining my worth based on what I was working towards, it really like stripped away a few layers for me and (laughs) basically asked me to redefine what enoughness meant and find worthiness in other places. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that I did that because the lessons from that are still coming to this day, right? So as I'm in this period that just, it feels kind of like, Um, I mean, the only thing that I can really describe it as is just this pause. There's not a lot of forcing. There doesn't really feel like there's a whole lot of uh, momentum in the way that I'm used to feeling it. Like normally momentum feels um, very driven. There's lots of creativity. There is um, lots of plans being made. I'm getting very detail oriented. I'm starting to get downloads on stuff and I'm trying to, I'm starting to see like the bigger picture. And right now, 
you know, I'm in the process of writing Wild and Holy, and I haven't launched a program, a group program, in almost a year. And normally, there would be a lot of worry about that, of like, well, what's the next thing you're going to do? And how are you going to bring more money into your business and all of this stuff? And it's been happening like a little bit, but nowhere near <laughs> what I'm used to when it comes to freaking out. And what's really interesting is that as I've been surrendering into this pause and finding more pleasure in this pause, which I'm going to talk about in a second, more clients have been reaching out to me. So, which is really, really interesting. Okay. Because last year I worked with a business pleasure coach, Allison Braun, who is wonderful. I'm going to have her back on the podcast soon to talk about the intersection between pleasure and success. And, you know, one of the biggest challenges, or I would say, um, teachings of last year was learning to let things be easy and letting pleasure kind of rule the way that I work. And for most of the year, pleasure was something that was kind of like, it created a lot of guilt, right? And it's really interesting <laughs> because we often use pleasure and guilt together in English language a lot, hence guilty pleasure, right? And when we talk about pleasure from a feminine perspective, I think it's something that we're kind of taught you know, in roundabout ways that this isn't something that is safe or okay for us to experience or want or dive into or prioritize. So last year, I kind of came up against a lot of those messages of like, is it really okay for me to just do things that feel good? Like, isn't work supposed to feel hard and strenuous? And if I'm not going 90 miles per hour, are, are good things still going to happen? <laughs> And it was funny because the, the less I forced last year, uh, the more ease I invited into my life and my work. So last year when I launched the Fierce Feminine Sisterhood, which was uh, a powerful two-month program that really kind of peeled back the layers of the stories that we tell ourselves that create those feelings of not enough and really encourages you to rewrite those stories and to redefine what enoughness means to you. And the impact of that is creating a lot more freedom um, to flow and move in your life that just isn't so governed by all of these shoulds, right? And I think in a way, well, Definitely, <laughs> not just in a way, for sure. You know, when we release shoulds, what we're really doing is we're returning home to ourselves, right? And so what I noticed is that the, the less I forced and the more I focused on things being pleasurable and filled with ease or easeful, um, you know, the launch of that program was really successful. And I really leaned on some energetic work and spiritual work that I had not ever leaned on in the past. So it strengthened the, these faith and trust muscles um, that I think I was really ready to deepen into. And so what ended up happening is that normally, um, for those of you who aren't business owners, when you're going into a launch, when you're, when you're opening the doors to a program or an offering uh, for 
for clients to join you, it is usually just a lot of work. Like you're spending a lot of time marketing, um, getting the word out about this offering that you have, getting really clear on who it's the best fit for. You're, you're getting on the phone and talking to people to make sure that it's a good fit. Um, you're doing a lot of daily work on just writing sales pages and writing emails and writing social media posts and um, making sure that you're doing the legwork to get the word out. Like that's the main main goal of a launch period is to make sure that the people who need you are able to find you. And so you're really um, being very intentional about showing up fully to make sure that you are bright enough for people to find, right? And so what was really interesting is during this launch process, um, you know, I was working with Allison and we were talking about pleasure and we were talking about ease. And one of the things that I committed to was only showing up if it felt good. And so instead of um, writing an email or a social media post because I felt like I should, I really only did it when I felt really called, when I felt really centered in the power or the impact of this program that I was offering and the women that I really wanted to work with. And so my social media posts were like not every day. They weren't multiple times a day. They weren't, there wasn't this frenzy attached to it. It was very deliberate. And I feel like it was just very aligned. And so when I showed up, I poured my whole heart and soul um, into my writing. And what was really interesting was to watch how this impacted the people that I was calling in. I was really intentional about how I wanted those women to feel. I didn't want them to feel pressured. I didn't want them to feel forced. I didn't want there to be this scarcity um, around hurry up and make a decision. I wanted them to feel called, right? And so for them to feel called, I had to be modeling that for them of showing up as I felt called. And so what ended up happening is that I attracted some really beautiful women into the program with more ease than I ever thought possible, right? So this is my first time really experiencing the power of pleasure, right? So as I'm looking at this period of my life now, you know, pleasure has shown up. Um, even more powerfully for me this year. And I, I totally attribute that to hanging out with Allison all last year and the Sexified Success Circle, all of the women in there. They all had this very grounded energy about them. And pleasure was something that we talked about a lot. And so I think because I was pregnant last year, I moved last year, about a house last year, There's there were so many things that I was holding a big container for that on an on an emotional level and even energetic level, I was kind of tapped out of really integrating all of the lessons that the this sisterhood provided me with last year. And so now, now that I'm kind of on the other side of all that, I've had all these big life transitions and I'm kind of finding my groove, right? In motherhood, I'm about eight months in at this point. I'm starting to notice that I'm starting to integrate and implement the lessons from last year in an even, even deeper way. And pleasure is one of those lessons. So right now, as you know, I had this deadline that I was holding myself to with wild and holy and something just wasn't feeling right. Like something was feeling very forced and I couldn't put my finger on it. And I said, this isn't feeling pleasurable. And as I mentioned on the podcast before, I'm, I'm committed this year to pleasurable discipline. And so like, what does that mean? What does that look like? Right. 
And so what I'm noticing is that discipline might show up in totally different ways than I was anticipating. Um, it might not be showing up in writing every single day, for instance. Um, it might show up in learning a new skill like gardening, for instance, that is really challenging me to be committed to a process and to show discipline in learning something new. And in so doing, I'm cultivating that value and learning that skill of showing up in a dedicated way, in a disciplined way, but that's also very pleasurable. And maybe that avenue or that path is going to translate into other areas of my life and my work of how pleasurable discipline can show up in the writing process, right? And so sometimes I think when we're really trying to learn um, or integrate new ways of working, the way that we think we are supposed to do it <laughs> might not actually be the way. Because if it's not feeling pleasurable, I think that there's something going on there. And for me, when pleasure is not present, there's usually shoulds in their place. And that is something that I have been definitely paying attention to, right? And so as I'm looking at this writing process, Wild and Holy, Wild and Holy, you know, this book is, it means a lot to me. And I'm like, well, am I just, you know, uh, procrastinating on it because of perfectionism or, you know, what's going on? But as I've really deepened into it, I've noticed that there's been some misalignment with, with the book and the, pro and the stories that I'm telling. And so I've really taken a step back and I've like, you know, what, what is the main message that I want to share with the world? And for me, wild and holy, just looking at the words by themselves, wild and holy, you know, when you put these two words together, you take the W from wild and you have holy, what you're really looking at is the concept of whole of being whole, becoming whole. And the journey of becoming whole is such a big piece of, of my work and my life and something that I stand for. Becoming whole is the process of returning a woman to, to the grace that lives within her, her divinity, also her sovereignty, her autonomy, her independence, her freedom, her authenticity. And this is such a soulful um, journey in and of itself. And as I've been trying to write all of these main lessons that I've learned along the way, I've been trying to share it from an autobiographical standpoint. And that's just not, that's not the way that I write. <laughs> um, I'm more of a share a lesson and then share some pieces of my story and kind of wrapping it up in, in a little box and helping that make sense, right? I'm not the kind of writer that shares my story and integrates the lessons within. And so I've been kind of approaching this in a way that hasn't really felt true to me. And when we talk about creating alignment or honoring ourselves, which I think, you know, the holy part of wild and holy is, is holding your truth as something that's sacred. And if I'm going to be writing a book like that, I need to be modeling that not only in my life, but also in the writing process. And so I've just been looking at that. So, you know, when it comes to the pleasure piece and the surrender <laughs> piece of this pause that I feel like I'm in, 
The surrender piece is really showing up as letting myself be guided and really slowing down to tune in and making space for God to work through me. I think that when I've been holding myself to these deadlines, I've been trying to force my way in the world, which <laughs> from past experience, I know always creates a whole lot of stress where there doesn't need to be stress. I get attached to the outcome. My ego gets involved and, you know, ego edges God out, right? So I've been taking myself kind of out of the puzzle here and inviting God in and God doesn't show up on my time. God shows up on God's time, right? And that's part of the surrender is trusting that God is going to work through me when it is time. And I can always tell when that time is coming near because my sleep starts to get disrupted. Um, there's a lot of, I don't know, just creative thoughts going on in my mind. I can tell that there's something like energetically expanding inside of me and I don't really have to worry about when this thing is going to show up because I know it's already on its way, right? And the interesting thing about the pleasure piece is, you know, I've kind of gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with myself <laughs> lately because I'm like, gosh, is this really okay? I feel so guilty that I'm just having so much fun and enjoying my life so much. <laughs> but I'm also getting the message that that's exactly what's needed and that that is a lesson in and of itself to experience more pleasure and less guilt. And so what I've been doing is I've been really paying attention to the things that are bringing me a lot of pleasure and joy right now. And I've been kind of called in different areas to explore and they're more so like really grounded in my personal life. Like I'm being called to really deepen into my marriage in different layers, right? So um, one of those ways is really paying attention to Breck and how he's experiencing life and how I can be a better support to him. Um, because, you know, the reality is I share so many tools with my clients on how to cultivate more joy and manage stress and experience more pleasure and less guilt and all of these things just overall be more positive and enjoy life more. And I started wondering, like, how am I pouring into my husband in that way? How am I helping him cope with his stress? And is there a way for us to join together and, and deepen into our relationship through, through this lens? And so last night, um, I really, he had a really stressful day at work. And I said, you know what, let's, let's try something. And we just had some relaxation time, you know, we lit some candles, we put on some really chill music and I just helped him focus on his breathing. Like he laid down in bed, I sat down beside him and I just helped him focus on his breathing and just kind of decompress, right? And I started like massaging his head and massaging his face and massaging his hands and really like using the power of touch, which is one of his love languages, to really deepen into that relaxation with him. And it was so cool. Like it was so nice to spend time together like that. Um, really using like my skills to help my husband and he was so appreciative of that and that brought me an immense amount of pleasure to be able to serve in that way and then the other thing that I've been noticing is that I am really enjoying motherhood like really really enjoying playing with Brax and seeing him smile and seeing him just you know, go through all of these milestones and attain these new skills. He's becoming so much more expressive and really taking the time to play with him, to play with him. And in so doing, it's like I'm playing with my inner child and 
just getting like able to slow down and go enjoy the outdoors with him, you know, spend some time in the sunshine and really just take in the moment. And it's really interesting because, you know, since becoming a mom, time has taken on a whole new meaning because on one hand, it's like, I have all the time in the world. Like I have all the time in the world to worry or focus. (laughs) I love how I go straight to worry, right? Um, to focus on all of my dreams and aspirations, like those things can wait. I have so much time to pursue those, but also being acutely aware that time is also going by so fast. Like I look at Brax and before I know it, he's going to be a year old. And it literally feels like, like two weeks ago that I had him. And so on one hand, it's like, I have all the space that I could ever want. There's no rush to do anything. And on the other, it's like time is going so fast. Like, don't blink, you'll miss something, right? And so I've been really like just attuning myself to, to this and like, what does this mean? And can I can I really experience the slow, the slower pace of my life without feeling guilty and without feeling rushed? Uh, you know, we've talked before about how I've, you know, I think I was born a naturally anxious person <laughs> or I picked up some of that from my mom, right? And it's been really hard for me to learn how to slow down and to learn how to be instead of do. And that lesson has been showing up consistently, I would say, since 2013 of learning how to slow down. And it's now... 2017. So this is a four-year lesson of really learning how to surrender to a slower pace and not let it create so much anxiety for me. And what I've noticed in, in so doing and deepening into that is that this has made room for more pleasure. And so when I find myself in these pauses, these pauses used to create so much stress for me. Like I would literally freak out and assume that something was deathly wrong, um, that my creativity had just plummeted or I was not doing the right work in the world or so, you know, something, something bad was happening because I was not clear or I didn't feel driven or I kind of lost my zest for something. And it's like, you know, when you look at the concept or just the experience of pregnancy, even you're, you're creating and growing something even in those pauses, right? So the pause between, you know, conception and giving birth is like 10 months. And I don't think that this pause is going to be nearly as long as that, but there's something very feminine about leaning into this pause for me and trusting that whatever feels slow or doesn't feel like typical momentum is actually taking root. There is something that's taking root right now so it can more clearly sprout up and grow its branches. And when I can trust that, that helps with surrendering to the process. And it also allows me to be curious, curious about what's taking root. And so I'm, I do know that when it comes to creating my next offering and finishing wild and holy, 
that I want this to be very much focused on helping women become whole, um, helping them claim their freedom, helping them honor their truth, to live more authentic, vibrant, whole and complete lives. And I'm really kind of just examining like what are the processes that I feel guided to walk women through that are most going to help them. So, and I don't have all those answers right now and that's okay. Um, I think just being able to experience pleasure in this moment of uncertainty is such a huge milestone for me. Um, being able to practice surrender is a big testament to my relationship with God and just having trust in God's timing. But I also think, you know, the women that you choose to surround yourself with have a really big impact that sometimes it can take a long time to realize just, you know, how deeply uh, those choices impact your life. And so as I look back last year, make a, intentionally surrounding myself with women who wanted to be more grounded, who wanted pleasure to be the guiding principle in their life. And now I'm noticing how that has impacted me and how I'm experiencing my life now. I think that is really something that we should look at of who we're surrounding ourselves with. And you know, it's funny because <laughs> the less I've been really worried about growing my business, um, more clients have been reaching out to me, which tells me like, it doesn't, it's not always about forcing or making sure you're doing all the shoulds. I think sometimes it's really grounding into um, your own uh, pace in life and really honoring that. And that can act like gravity to pull people towards you, which actually brings me to, I feel like there are one to two women who have been hanging out in my, in my area <laughs> um, who have been wanting to reach out to me to start some work together. And I can, I can just kind of feel them out there. And I know that sounds kind of woo, but I just, I have that sense that there's been a couple of women who have been on my website, who have been listening to the podcast. And I'm not sure if they're part of the I am, I can tribe. Um, that part's not really clear, but I can just get the feeling that they have thought about applying to work for me, to work with me. So if that's you, I am giving you that little nudge, um, to reach out. And so let's talk more about that because I can tell you if you feel called to somebody's energy or the way they're experiencing their lives or the way they're living their lives, um, the things that they're focused on working on, if that is aligning to you, that might be somebody that you want to bring into your inner circle for a little bit, right? So if I am that person for you, I can feel you out there <laughs> and I'm just saying hi and kind of winking and kind of pulling you a little bit closer. So what I would love to wrap up with on this podcast episode is the concepts of pleasure and surrender in these pauses because we all have these pauses in life, right? And the other thing that I was thinking about with this, which is really kind of trippy that, okay. So back 
before I went into life coaching, um, I did my coach certification. And one of the courses that I took was um, Purpose Clarity. So I'm a certified Purpose Clarity coach. And that was the first coaching certification that I ever completed before I became a board certified coach. And the Purpose Clarity program is really about, um, it's based off of Carol McClellan's work. And she talks about the seasons of change, right? And one of the things that I really enjoy about her work is that she talks about the natural rhythm of things, which is very feminine. And I've kind of noticed for me that around the January, February mark, I really tend to go inward and things really start to slow down. And then I have these big spurts of creativity and there's a lot of momentum and a lot of like, you know, action of like writing and creating and putting out and that, you know, kind of putting my energy out into the world instead of kind of pulling it into me. And so as I've been looking at this pause, I'm like, oh yeah, it's February. So this totally makes sense for me. So this is just how I normally am. And so that's just another lens that I've been looking through of like, nothing's wrong here. This is just how you operate, girl. Yeah. So you know, get ready, get ready. So enjoy this time. Enjoy this time because you know that in a month or two, all of this stuff that's germinating right now and taking root is going to want to spring up, right? And that's going to require me to shift my energy into a different phase. And that's going to look a lot different. Um, so right now, giving myself permission to just enjoy and that might mean that I'm spending the grand majority of my day hanging out with my son or taking off work early when my husband gets off work early and we go to a restaurant and have a couple of beers or I am real. Oh my gosh. One of the things that is bringing me immense pleasure right now is this communion with my body. So you guys, if you haven't read the post operation, feel good naked, go check it out on the blog. But one of the things that I was talking about cultivating more of in 2017 is this body communion of like really tuning into what my body is craving and wanting from me. And it's been so, so yummy. What I've noticed is that my body has been craving so much movement. Like it's been craving this, this cardio component of like getting into my breath and finding my pace on a run and feeling the sweat, feeling the sun, feeling the wind against my skin, pushing myself and getting into these really, really powerful self dialogues. Like there's um, all these hills around my house. And <laughs> so I've started running again, which I have missed so much. So anytime you take a break from running and you get back into it, like it sucks. It sucks so bad because <laughs> you're just totally out of shape. Like you aren't used to your pace. You aren't used to your breath and running is a totally like it's, it's breath work. And I never knew that until I really started running more often. So you have to be aware of your breath and you have to find your pace and then you have to push yourself when things get hard and you want to give up. Right. And so I've been finding these new loops around my house uh, that are like kind of like three to like four miles. And <laughs> the, I was on one of these loops the other day and the last part of this three and a half mile run was all uphill, all uphill. 
And I'm like, oh my God, this so sucks. Like, oh, I'm so tired. I don't want to do it. And so the whole time I'm running up this hill, I start tuning in to my inner dialogue, right? And I am literally cheering myself on. And the, the self-talk says, dig deep. You got this. Keep going. Don't give up. You're almost there. You can do it. Dig, 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 push, 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 push. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. You so got this. Come on, girl. Come on. You can do this. I know you got it. And the whole time I'm like, man, this is so freaking encouraging. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, talking to myself up and I'm actually saying these things out loud. So, I mean, if anybody's around me, they're probably thinking I'm like, I don't even know. I don't care what they're thinking because I am killing this run and I am, I am trucking up this hill and I'm trucking up this hill and I'm just a little bit further, a little bit further, a little bit further. You're almost there. And I was like, wow, you know, if I could apply this encouraging self-talk to all other areas of my life, like, wow, that would be a pretty powerful thing. Right. And so like, that's one of the things that I've noticed by really focusing on this body communion, like what is my body wanting? Does it want to give up or does it want to be pushed? And my body, actually really craves being pushed just a little bit more because there's something about um, being proud of myself for not giving up when it felt hard, right? And my body, like once I've finished the run, it's like my body is like, there's just, it feels tingly. It feels tingly because it feels energized of like, yeah, we just push past a barrier for ourselves. And there's so many powerful metaphors for that. Just in life in general, like when things feel hard, just take a little bit more, push a little bit harder. You're almost there. You can do it. I believe in you. I'm so proud of you. That is so much encouragement that we can start generating for ourselves. And I've noticed that running is a really great way for me to practice that. The other thing that I've been noticing is that my body has been craving stretching, slow, delicious, calm stretching that really brings my breath all the way down into my body. And I've been playing with breath work for a little bit now and seeing if I can bring my inhales down to my hips, down into my legs, down in certain areas of my back, out through my arms. And I've noticed that my body is responding so well to just stretching it out, becoming more flexible with things, right? There's that total parallel in the physical world to the energetic world of when we are more flexible physically, how does that show up in our emotional lives? Can we be more flexible when things don't turn out the way we want them to? Can we be more flexible when things change, right? And so I've just been really tuning in to what does my body want to do? It doesn't really like to sit a lot. And so it doesn't surprise me really that writing is kind of like writing doesn't feel so good right now because I'm, I, it's making me sit and I want to be active. I want to be out walking around using my body. And so I think that this whole writing process it's going to show up in a totally different way for me. And I'm just staying curious to that, staying flexible with it, right? And then also this whole body communion is realizing that I really like to chill a lot. And I mean like luxuriously chill out, like get in a bath, which I've never been a bath person, by the way. Get in the bath, have some oils, have some candles, 
and really take super good care of my body. Use salts, you know, detox my body. Um, and doing this with food, noticing what I'm feeding my body. And I think this really goes to what are we feeding our souls? What are we feeding our minds, right? You know, are we nourishing ourselves on a physical level, emotional level, spiritual level? All of this stuff is so interconnected. And the more pleasure I'm experiencing physically, the more pleasure I'm experiencing emotionally, the more pleasure I'm opening up to on a spiritual level, right? So I really think, <laughs> um, you know, focusing on pleasure is it feels kind of naughty, like I'm not supposed to do it. But that's also the reason I kind of like it because there's this rebellious side of me that's like, oh, just, yeah, gimme, 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 gimme. And, you know, one of the cool things about this is that I'm learning to trust that give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me side of myself and not feel bad about it. <laughs> and so there's more pleasure less guilt, more surrender, which really means more trust, more faith, which equals less doubt, less fear, less worry, which is freaking awesome. <laughs> is it like that every single second of the day? No. But I've noticed that there are all of these practices that I'm putting into place of like really just basically, you know, mind, body, soul, connection, you guys. Doing something that feels pleasurable is powerful. So I'm going to have a pleasure series coming out on the podcast soon. And I've been toying around with this idea of doing like a less guilt, more pleasure challenge. Um, but one of the things that's concerning me a little bit is like, I feel like, you know, we, the connotation of pleasure is usually likened to sexual pleasure, which sexual pleasure is great. Who doesn't want great sex and to have orgasms and feel really delicious there. But I think pleasure is such an expansive term. I mean, pleasure is like at the root of joy. Um, that is like the definition of joy, right? Is to experience pleasurable things. <laughs> so I'm kind of nervous if we do the less guilt, more pleasure, like will people get what I'm talking about when I'm talking about pleasure? because I don't want women to be turned off by it and think that it's like a sexy challenge, which you are going to feel more sexy going through the challenge, but not in the way that you think. You're just going to feel more at home in your body and more free. And that's kind of the goal of becoming whole so we can feel free and be who we are, right? That's that wild piece of all this is being true to ourselves and reclaiming the parts of ourselves that we've given away and how we actually do that. Oh, I'm just, I'm so excited about all this. <laughs> so anyway, just to wrap things up, if you are one or two of the women who has been hanging out in my atmosphere, feeling like they might want to start coaching with me, I see you and I feel you and I welcome you to reach out you can fill out the application on my website and we can set up a time to talk and I would love to challenge each of you to experience more pleasure in your lives of really looking like what does that even mean for you and does any guilt come up for you 
when you really deepen into it, like, do you have to give yourself permission? Do you feel like it's kind of bad, kind of naughty, like you're not supposed to do it? And what's that about? Where is that coming from? Right? So I will see you guys on Monday for our last mantra of the season. I'm going to be switching to some meditations after that. So stay tuned. But I hope you have a very pleasurable, guilt-free weekend. And I'll see you in a couple of days. Bye.